we raise her so that she can have a voice. And it's not easy, but I, I want to give her that space to speak up, not, you know, just to strangers, but to me, because it just can't be okay at home. You better listen, but exactly. out there, you better speak up. It's a contradiction. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, Oh, you know, we're not going to go past that one, Kim. I'm <laughs> processing. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Kim Hester is a woman who came to the space of wellness and self-care through a personal journey from emotional eating to empowered eating, living, laughing, parenting, (laughs) and running a wellness center with her husband, Jamal. I'm really delighted to share this conversation with you because My relationship with food has really changed my life for the better over the years. And prior to that, cost me a lot in terms of quality of life. And I recognize the very clear parallel between my relationship with my body and my relationship with my daughters. There were a lot of elements of like control and guilt and learning and unlearning that really ran parallel for me with mothering and, um, mothering my body, I guess. (laughs) So this conversation really, really, really struck several chords for me. And I know for those of you who are in a space where a part of your self-care journey is developing a better relationship with food and your body, I know that you're going to get a lot of goodness out of this. And I encourage you, and I'll say it again at the end of this episode, I encourage you to pause where you need to, hear your story in what Kim might be sharing or something that I might be reflecting on, and then take those opportunities to see where you can disrupt a pattern, to see where you can start taking a different direction, or whether a new possibility is opening up for you as a result of hearing this conversation. So if something comes up that you feel you might could use, pause it, pause the podcast, pause the thing, and take that moment for yourself. Kim Hester, self-care and de-schooling. Enjoy. It's been a journey, but even before we had Saora, Jamal and I would have dialogue and talks and just reflecting on our own childhood and just the state of the education system today. And I knew before I had her that I wanted to homeschool. I didn't know how it was going to look. And we took that approach. I was reading tons of books and reading about stories, just immersing myself in that reality. Because honestly, I was I was terrified. Of course, <laughs> uh, I was terrified because I'm just like I know I need to do this, but oh my goodness, I don't want to mess my child up. Yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? What does this take? How much time? Can, oh, do I have the patience? Goodness. Do I know the right things? Right, my family already. We live outside the box for so many things. So, you know, (laughs) you already were using up a lot of your ones. It's like, come on, what do y'all do? You got locks. How many of these things you're going to use up, Kim? I having a home birth. Like what is the matter with my daughter? I know they were saying that. (laughs) You know what? One of the things that I love about our tribe of women in particular, choosing to raise free people, we are so vast and varied. Also, 
there's certain types of similarities. And one of them is that we tend to be the ones who've already used up a lot of our ones <laughs> in, our, in our families. <laughs> right. So it was a process. And, you know, so we had her and then I did the traditional approach of the curriculum and the schedule. And and honestly, I didn't even like it. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, this is not learning. This is just me spoon feeding her information. But that's that was normal for mm-hmm. me because that's the way I grew up. And then just continuing to learn and to grow and coming across your podcast and reading John Holt's books and just immersing myself in saying there has to be more. And slowly I just became aware. I saw you on the Steve Harvey show and, you know, I was just like, yes, but I still, you know, but I still was like, can I do this? Like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, it makes so much sense, Yes. but to do it, that's a whole nother journey. (gasps) And I would have conversations with Jamal and, and he, he says to me, this is what I want to do all the time. But I'm like, it's still, I had to get there. I needed to get there. Yes. Yeah. You know, we do tend to think, or maybe that is the more typical story. I'm not sure, but it's certainly the more told story is that in the relationship, in a male or female relationship, I should say, generally the, the woman gets there first. And mm-hmm. then like, she's trying to get her husband there too, or her partner there too, her guy. But I do find that I know quite a few of us where in the male-female dynamic, it's the other way around. You know, the father was like, I get it. You know, I don't know why the world is tripping. And then the mother is like, "Um, I want to get it. However, the reality is. (laughs) Right. That was me. Because I, they, Jamal and Saora learn differently. They have similar learning styles. And I I was very linear and I'm learning to open, expand and, you know, and learn in other ways. But so I, you know, so we had the dialogue and then I said, this is it. And we slowly started to pull back the reins and just be mm-hmm. and observe. And it's just amazing to see that you learn everywhere. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? I, it yes. still amazes me. To, we have these talks like, oh my God, did you see that? You, the question that she asked. Absolutely. You know? And that's just the tip of the iceberg stuff that we translate as learning, right? right? Like the further you get into it, the more, yeah, I love talking to my homegirl Zakia um, in Johannesburg, whose oldest is, I think, 19. And wow. they've been unschooling the whole time. And when she just talks about, you know, her sons and her daughter, it's just amazing. You just realize how much we've been programmed to see learning from this very limited scope. Yeah. Yeah. And it does something to you. This is why I want to talk about the self-care component, Kim, because part of it is definitely exciting. And as you said, I could totally see you like talking to Jamal and him talking to you like, yo, did you hear what she said? Or, (laughs) oh, do you see how she's doing this now? Or did you see how she handled that, you know, this way? There's also the other side that's like, okay, so I, my whole perception of what a child is like is off, you know, so what, or look at how I've been doing this and, you know, approaching it based on this thing. And now that my eyes are opened, I can see this and now I feel guilty or now I feel like I don't know what the hell to do because I don't right. have any like right? Like that right. comes up too. Yeah, it's like this vast ocean and you just take <laughs> one step at a time and you just try to figure it out because I mean, it's so many levels and layers and, you know, Sora is very 
we raise her so that she can have a voice and it's not easy, but I, I want to give her that space to speak up, not, you know, just to strangers, but to me, because it just can't be okay at home. You better listen, but exactly. out there you better speak up. It's a contradiction. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, Oh, <laughs> we're not going to go past that one, Kim. I'm processing. <laughs> We cannot keep using tools of oppression and say we're trying to raise free people. Yeah. So if you want them to be all shiny little miracle, talk to people, look them in the eye, be confident. But at home, you on something else and they can't give you their opinion without fear of being hit or yelled at or punished in the many ways that we can as the adults. Right. Yeah. What is the what message is that actually sending? Which one you think they actually listening to? Exactly. Well, I think it's part of our own programming because it's like the tone, like what you say, <laughs> you know, and you right. have to catch yourself and breathe. Yeah. And I'll just explain to her like, okay, well, that tone, <laughs> you know, if you want mommy to listen to you, you know, maybe, you know, maybe say it a little differently. I just try to like, na you know, navigate. As you <laughs> said, it's like a vast, this vast ocean and you fucking look out there and you're like, oh my God, everything's an option. And I'm not sure which one is right or wrong. but. We do know what it feels like to raise a free person because, and sometimes maybe only because, we know what it feels like when we're using a tool of oppression. You just gave a great example, Kim, when you say you have to catch yourself. I, that was really familiar for me. We're like, what? 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 What is that? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> or even a look that you're giving. And luckily, my girls, you know, they mirror it. But so they'll look at me and I'll see by how they're looking at me, like, like I'm giving them the unit that I'm straight Caribbean <laughs> mother. Like, what? Yo. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. I mean, I, I truly love it. And I'm grateful that. I came into consciousness about this because like you said, it's the education system is, is just set up for you not to think. And it's just leading you to one path. I just could not put my daughter in that and let go and just say, I hope she makes it, or I hope she could make it through or she'll be all right. Cause I made it. I just could not, I could not do it. Yeah. I could not. Thank y'all for signing up for that email list to get details on this de-schooling and self-care retreat that I'm exploring with a sister friend, Veronica. So I think there are about 19 people who have signed up in terms of from this side, from people who listen to the podcast. And I think Veronica said she has about six or seven people who are interested um, on her side. She does de-schooling work as well. Her podcast is called Autonomous Growth, and she focuses on military veterans reclaiming their lives and um, really de-schooling from that militarized space and owning themselves on the other side of that. So we're looking at doing this thing together that really focuses on de-schooling and self-care. And there are only it's only going to be space for eight people, the place that I'm looking at. So if you haven't signed up yet and you feel like you're really interested, it's August and the details will be in the email. Make sure you go to AkilaSRichards.com forward slash deschooling to see the details and to sign up if you are interested. We're developing emphasis on that suffix. We are developing the tools, the, the patience, the understanding, 
um, the confidence, also the community, the support to continue to do what we're doing. Because, you know, as Kim said, it's not easy. And it's not easy because the grooming, the, the social cues and the social affirmations tell us to raise our children in a very different way. It says to control them. It says that they should be nervous to talk to you like they crazy. You know, like I said to my girls all the time, we you talking to me like you're crazy <laughs> because I'm still working through things. This is why we right. talk about this out loud. I don't, I don't want y'all out there thinking that uh, we just sit in a meditative circle and, you know, we reconnect and then everyone's chakras are cleansed and we're at one. And no, we have very uh, normal, real, fucking frustrating experiences. But what happens each time is that that vast ocean that you mentioned, Kim, you learn how to kind of flow with it a little bit more. You realize that you right. don't need to fight every current. Right. <laughs> Just go with the flow. Yeah. And it doesn't you know? mean that you're not parenting. It doesn't mean that your child does whatever or you blow everything off. It doesn't mean that at all, actually. Right. right? No, it doesn't. Not at all. It's empowering our children yep. to think, to think and to be more in tune with how they feel and know that they have a right to feel that way and not wait till you become an adult and then you can feel how you want to feel. Exactly. You know? And it's also for us because right. as we are navigating um, and sometimes flowing with and sometimes fighting this work of raising free people, we also become empowered because right. then, yeah, because one, one of the ways is that we're no longer doing this facade of, of what a parent should be, what a father is supposed to be like, or a mother is supposed to be like. You're not presenting a version of yourself to your child. You're in a much more honest and real relationship where you still have boundaries. It's not your friend. It's not your girlfriend or your, you know, your homeboy. It's your child. Right. Um, but you are off the hook for a lot of things. Just like when you realize in self-directed education that you're not the teacher as you would be in homeschooling. And that is so right. empowering because now you feel open to help them farm this vast land of resources and options and you can observe and you can learn how they're learning. It's no longer about you passing it on. And having you know all the answers. Right. 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 And how empowering is that to know that at any age, you can still learn and grow. Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that we do. And this is, <laughs> and this is why, as Kim and I keep saying to y'all, like not romanticizing this <laughs> at all, it is um, definitely emotionally taxing, also mm. emotionally rewarding. Um, yes. It can wear on you just like any other thing that is stressful, good stress or bad stress. It can weigh on you physically. Mm -hmm. And so I know one, one of the journeys for me that run right in, in tandem or right parallel with my unschooling and deschooling journey is my unschooling and deschooling around my own body and food yes. and health. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we need to have these conversations of connecting unschooling, not just to learning as an option to traditional schooling, but all of the different ways that we can unlearn the things that we've been taught, like the ways that we've been marketed to. Kim and Jamal have a podcast where they talk about these sort of things, you know, like a microwave, what that's really about in a household, um, nonstick cookware, you know, those right. sort of dangers, the five things that you shouldn't have in your kitchen. Sometimes we don't see, maybe if we don't have a health scare, we don't see the connection between what we put in our bodies and how we 
navigate the world every day. Right. And that's that's something that's not spoken about enough. And unfortunately, we don't really get this information, like you said, until there's a health scare or when we're an adult. But like nutrition, that connection between what you put into your body and how your life manifests, it's such a strong connection. You know, a lot of people become prisoners of their body and they feel helpless and feel like they have no other way out. Um, so for us, it's important to teach the aura or anyone. This is information that we should be exposed to when we're young, when yes. we're creating these habits. Um, but a lot of times we don't. We're learning other things that seem important. But what's like, you know, the most important thing is how are you feeding and nurturing yourself? <laughs> because if you don't feel your best, then what work are you going to put out there? My first career, I was a tax accountant. I was in corporate America. And honestly, I just went into that profession because you made a lot of money. I mean, <laughs> that was the main reason. It was practical. Yes. It was women in that field. It was always going to be a job. And But my first day, my first job out of college, I sat at my desk and said, this is not it. But I just felt like I need to do the responsible thing. And yes. I stayed in there for seven years, but I ate my pain away. Mm. And I my health was horrible. I was at a I was pre-diabetic. I was overweight. I had anxiety. And I just like was at the bottom. I began to get exposed to natural living and holistic health. And I started implementing these things that we teach our clients and my whole life changed. I mean, I, I became a different person and that sparked me to become an entrepreneur, but I would have never had the courage to move on to being an entrepreneur if I did not get my body in alignment and become more in tune with my body. And so I always explain to my clients and anyone, like, it's so important to really be connected to your food. We're so disconnected from what we're putting into our bodies. Hmm. We are, you know what I mean? We're, yes. we're the fast food or processed food nation because it's convenient, it's cheaper. So I understand like we have busy lifestyles, but in order to really get yourself in alignment, you have to put that time into being more aware of what you're eating, understanding what it's doing to you and really like making that commitment to it. You know, it's not easy. I'm not perfect by any means, but if you have more, you know, good days than bad, you're on, you're exactly. on a good side. That sounds a lot like the raising free people work, right? Or even just even more broadly, parenting. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And being a parent, you know, um, with Saora, homeschooling her and her not being in traditional schooling, it is easier to kind of be more aware of what she's eating. But as she's getting older and she's around her peers, you know, I have to find that delicate balance of like, okay, <laughs> we don't really eat this too much, but I don't want her to have this thing with food when she gets older that she just goes all to the far left because right. she was taken away from so many things. So it's like finding that balance with that as well. Exactly. Marley and Sage are 13 and 11 and they were raised vegetarian. Other, <laughs> other, <laughs> other parents used to want Marley in particular, because she was so vocal to play um, around their kids because she would always talk to them about what they're eating and mm -hmm. their dark green leafies and the <laughs> why kale salad is actually yummy and why they should do the <laughs> Jamie Oliver food challenge. Like she was just like deeply into this stuff because we surrounded her with it. Go from that to now at 13, where she's like, um, Sprite is one of the best things <laughs> ever. And for me to cringe and be like, 
I failed her. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where did I go wrong? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And she's like, yo, Doritos. I'm like, you know how to read labels. Like you've been reading labels your whole life. What's wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. You know, like we go through these moments, but then I have to remember you cannot force your child or any person, even though when it's our children, we think we can, you can't force anybody to do anything. You can plant a seed. You can take the harder route of not doing it from a place of fear, but just educating them on, hey, this gives you energy and this one's going to make you sleepy. So if you have some of this, this is going to help you, you know, or now that they're older and their bodies are changing, we talk to them a lot about puberty and these changes that they say are natural that Mm. aren't always, they're very much tied to the hormones and foods and, you know, whether you're sweating every day, like movement, all of these different things. Yeah, I agree. Like planting the seed. And then as parents, sometimes you just have to live your own truth. Like this is what works for me. This is why I do it. And I'll, you know, share it with you. But you, like you said, you cannot make them do it. And when they're younger, you could say, well, put yes. that down. Yeah. <laughs> like when they become teenagers, when Sora becomes 13. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, they're going to sneak or something, you know? Yep. Or they're just going to be like, so what's the issue here? Is this really about me eating this? Because you know, <laughs> oh this is, these are the conversations that Chris and I have with our girls where we're just like, um, you're right. When I was seven, my grandma baby eat broccoli, you know, like, <laughs> and then they see our humanness and it builds another beautiful notch in the relationship where you see each other as humans that's just how it looks sometimes and we're not used to seeing that in parenting because we're supposed to be in control but that control cost us that control costs us not just the relationship with our child which is plenty but it also cost us because now we have to present. We have to be a certain version of ourselves all the time. And so our self-care is compromised. Right. It is because you have, it's almost like you're playing this role. Yeah. You got to be <laughs> on all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. I hope this episode is useful for you. I hope you're hearing things in here that are making you want to think beyond what you're hearing and go over into what you're feeling and what you can maybe start doing more of or doing differently. That's the whole point of this series. And Kim closes it out. But of course, the jam plays on, right? This work continues. So share this episode with folks because you know self-care is an ongoing process for many folks, even people who don't identify as self-directed education driven or self-directed people or unschoolers or any of that. So I want you to share it. And of course, if you're getting value from it, consider donating via Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Akila for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the podcast and support the work of connecting and creating community around people of color, exploring and already immersed in self-directed education. Also, y'all know that last Saturday, I spent the day with a group of wonderful people at the first Liberation and Education Summit here in Atlanta. I'm going to be talking about it. I probably will do a Brata episode, you know, like an extra in between and dedicate some time to talking about it. I might see if some folks are available to um, hop on a call with me and we could talk about it together. Let's get back to the final jam in the de-schooling release party mixtape.
So going back to the work that you and Jamal do in terms of educating folks, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about that. But mm -hmm. um, the connection there is that in that same space where we are learning these things and de-schooling ourselves, if we see or the more we see the connection between what we put into our bodies and how we are able to evolve and communicate and react and feel, the more we see that, that in a sense builds a more supportive community because your food is a part of your community. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's something you're exposed to. It's something that influences you. You influence it. It connects you to the other people around you, whether we're talking about eating meals together or the farmer, you know, who drops off her stuff at the place where you shop. There's so much connection in food, mm -hmm. both communally and individually. And the more we see that, I think just the healthier, the more cognizant, the less foggy we can be around like designing this work of having different relationships with children. Right. And also a lot of people don't understand the connection between emotions and food. Emotions is like the seedling for illness. You know, when people come to our center, we do a write-up or an assessment, but we take into account those emotions. So that is so powerful. And a lot of women, we tend to emotionally eat. If yes. we're stressed, if we're angry, if we're worried, we may gravitate towards sweets or carbs or what have you. And then it's like this vicious cycle because then you eat those addicting foods and then you want more, you crave more. Yes. And then you get more overwhelmed and more stress and then you don't like how you look. And then, so it's like this pit that you just go down into, but it, it starts with addressing those emotions, which goes back to like de-schooling and self-directed education. It's being aware of yourself yes. and, and how you feel. Um, you can't get around that because a lot of times, a lot of people mask their emotions with their food. You know, they suppress it. Absolutely. It's almost like this direct parallel between what you're learning there with your body when you say, we emotionally eat, you know, we eat those feelings because it's something we can control. Same thing with our kids. You know, we make them do this. We talk to the teachers incessantly. We join the PTA board. All of these energies that we're expending. But the more you do that, the more that puts you back in a cycle and you still come back to the same thing. Like, OK, this isn't working for me, you know, right. and then you actually have to become aware and then disrupt that pattern with something else. Right. And break the cycles. Mm hmm. You know, it's not easy to do that, but you, and you have to be aware of it and you have to put the intent, you have to be present. I know for me, I emotionally eat. I, the way I harbor stress or my thoughts, I kind of keep them internally. I do express them. I, I do talk, but mm -hmm. I do tend to hold on to stuff. So I have to be very mindful of like, why am I feeling this way? <laughs> You know, but then I have to, I do things to combat that, you yes. know, so I, I like to work out or I was a very avid tennis player pre motherhood. <laughs> um, but I definitely want to get back into it. But I used to play like four days a week. What? And, um, OK, yeah, that's I, serious. What's up? Come on, man. So we about to be eight. What's going on? I know, I know. I need to make more time. You know, I yeah, I was on teams and um, but for what? me, like that's yeah, I, I still love to I've been playing since I was 13. I taught myself. Oh yeah. nice. And I yeah. love tennis too. First of all, it's so much fun. Like that's a workout for your ass too. Tennis. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a passion. I used to watch uh, like Zena Garrison back in the day and nice. emulate her. I mean, yeah, I was all in. I was all in. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so next episode, when you're back on, you can tell us how you got back into tennis. Tell us that story. But for right? now. <laughs> right now, the gym will have to suffice. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. The show notes page for today's episode with Kim Hester is AkilaSRichards.com forward slash 64. AkilaSRichards.com forward slash 64. You know what, too? In the middle of your story, too, we've been mentioning the center and you and Jamal. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the center. Tell us what y'all do. And you're in Jersey, yeah? Yes, we're in Jersey. Our main goal is to help to optimize your health using natural methods. So basically, we focus on the digestive system and toxicity within the body because the digestive system is like the root of your body. And a lot of imbalances stems from something going wrong or off with your digestive system. So um, we focus on that. We do programs. We do colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy. We actually just launched a membership community. So it's really going well. And this all stems from my own personal journey to getting well. So it comes from the heart. When I speak to my clients, I'm speaking from a place of I've been there where you're addicted to sugar and you can't imagine a day without eating anything sweet. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, And that's real. Like, you know, you laugh, but that I I was like triggered for real. (laughs) Like seriously, jokingly and seriously, because that those things affect us so very much. And I know I've been there. I've been Mm -hmm. there too. And that's a part of why I deeply value what you and Jamal do, because I'm really learning from you all and really able to make practical some of the things that can feel kind of top shelf for me, because Mm -hmm. I entered it from doing a 31 day, which I've probably talked about on here before, a 31 day um, raw vegan feast. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. And it it changed my whole freaking life. I mean, it, one, it broke my sugar addiction. And I was a person who used to put sugar in my frosted flakes. First of all, I used to eat frosted flakes. When I did that raw vegan feast, I realized how much of a mental fog I was in. I realized that I was, I had a stomach ache almost every day and didn't re, and that I had normalized that after most meals. I had a stomach aching period while my food was digesting and I'd completely normalized that. Wow, you know, that's so, great. So I was like, yo, I cannot believe how much marketing there is and chemistry around food. And that that like really opened my eyes that I was addicted to so many things. You know, it just opened. Me it's up. all around it the commercials. Around. The, yes, girl. It is. <laughs> oh it's everywhere. Gosh. They marketing. That's that's why they spend so much on it. Exactly. You, it's, and as you, know? you guys talk about in your podcast too, it, it's around you. It's also just on the labels. Like we don't know how to read labels. We spend how many freaking years in school and we don't know that when they say, you know, high fructose corn syrup, now they've given it three other names. So they switch yes. the shit up to make sure that you don't know what you're eating and nobody talks about the laws around that and what's legal and what isn't how pharmaceuticals are in the products you put on your skin without being regulated because they don't have to be regulated in the cosmetic. Like, dude. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's crazy how something could say like blueberry muffins and it's not one natural ingredient. Not one. (laughs) It's just like chemicals. It is science. And then you wonder why you crave it. 
you wonder why you crave it. And then you wonder why you're getting headaches most days out of the week. Or maybe you don't, which is even more scary, like I did with the stomach aches. You normalize that Mm -hmm. shit. You completely, because everybody else around you, they got headaches too. And the one weirdo, Kim... You know, I don't know why Kim and Jamal always glowed up looking shiny in their pictures. <laughs> they weird because for everybody else, no, it's like the same thing with education. I wish we could do it. Yes, you can do it. This is not a Kim and Jamal glow up only zone. Everybody right, gets exactly. the glow up, right? <laughs> everybody. Gets we the all could do it, but you just have to step out. You have to be different and be willing to be different. You yeah. know? <laughs> yes, yes, That's yes. Ultimately, what it is. Yes, yeah. and tell us to the name of your center and where in New Jersey you are. Sure, um, we're Life Strength and Health, and we are in South Plainfield, New Jersey. Life Strength and Health dot com. Self-care for me is I have to really be in tune and to listen to how I feel because it changes. It's a lot on my plate, of course, with being a business owner, you know, mother and all Mm -hmm. these other things going on in my life. Um, But I do have to remember to take that time for me. So for me, um, uh, meditation, even if it's five minutes like that, like centering myself breathing that's so crucial for me to do in the morning um, to be more centered working out is important for me physical movement that's how I work out any stress that I have my husband Jamal always pushes me to do this more but spending time with my girlfriends because I love to laugh yeah laughing for me I laugh every day all day I mean sometimes I shouldn't laugh (laughs) at certain things but laughter for me is healing it's nurturing Um, And just having fun. So finding those moments for me, that's just for me outside of motherhood and everything. It's important for me to to do those little things for myself. So if it's watching a movie or I just got into Grey's Anatomy on Netflix, watching an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love to read. I love to read whatever that is. And I can do it. I do it. I did want to mention that my monthly or seasonal detoxes. That always gets me back centered as well. So that's Ooh. really important. Can you give us sort of the quick and dirty or quick and clean? Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. So um, sometimes around the new and full moons, we'll do a two-day fast, like a liquid fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's seasonal cleanses. So doing something for the change of seasons to just be more in attune with the Earth's energies during the transition. It's very powerful and it's important to do that, especially when you feel off that's a good time to do some type of detox or or eat more clean for a day. Like if, let's say you're not able to do a liquid fast. Well, then eat just vegetables for the day or eat clean for the day. Avoid processed foods for the day. Yeah. You know, just do something, you know, yeah. just and you'll feel the difference. Nice, nice, nice. And again, just beautifully tying that <laughs> um, very easily right back to de-schooling and unschooling. Same thing. Just do one thing. So in a moment, you may not feel yet fully confident to say, oh, yeah, I totally get it. I get that you playing this video game is really you uh, stimulating all these other cognitive aspects of, of your mind and you mm-hmm. connecting with community through this. Da, da, da. You may not be able to do that, but you may be able to do one thing. You may be able to stop at that moment and instead of lecturing your kid, just be quiet and just listen to the thoughts in your head. 
and decide to, to right. write then that you're about to go sit down somewhere and do your meditation. That's a thing. That's something that you did just then. Right. Yeah. You can always be doing something and those strengthen the muscles because then you become more confident. Then you become more practiced. Then it becomes less of a thing. Right. And more of a habit or just something that you naturally do. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. yes. Oh, good. See, I told y'all this conversation with Kim was going to be so many things. I really appreciate you, Kim, because I know that there are a lot of gems in here that we're going to be able to pause, reflect with. I encourage y'all to do that. You know, hear yourself in what Kim was saying and then um do something about it. And listening to her and Jamal on the podcast and on their blog is also something you could do for yourself because there's so much goodness in that space. Thank you for sharing out loud, Kim. Oh, thank you for having me. Bear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively.